2: So if you'd like to support me and the show, head to patreon.com slash show, and for as little as five bucks a month, you can define yourself as more than just a fan. You'll be an official member of the Legion. Hope to see you there.
0: Scanning across the tournament battlefield, many fighters lie broken and defeated. <laughs> they weren't so tough. The Saiyan Prince Vegeta sneers as he removes his headset. Who's next to be defeated? It is then that a rift opens in the ground and a portal to hell enlarges on the arena floor. Hovering out of that portal is the cape-clad demon Spawn who takes his place opposite Vegeta. Am I supposed to be scared of you? Vegeta stammers. Spawn just flourishes his many chains, lets his cape ripple in the wind, and waits for his new opponent to make the first move. It's number two versus the one, it's Saiyan versus Minion from hell, it's Vegeta versus Spawn in a full redemption match today on Who Would Win!
2: and welcome to another episode of who would win a show that completely ignores anything important happening in the world and instead focuses on a fictional battle between two characters from worlds of comics sci-fi and fantasy i'm your host james gavsey and as always i'm joined by my co-host ray stekanis in today's episode we have the ultimate redemption match it seems both of our combatants have already made an appearance on the who would win show and both of our combatants have lost. But their losing streak ends today, where we have no choice but to give the win to either Vegeta, the Prince of All Saiyans and Dragon Ball's ultimate anti-hero, or to spawn, quite possibly, the ultimate anti-hero from Image Comics. As usual, I did the patented Who Would Win Google Test just to see how many times this match has been discussed, and guess what? This matchup, surprise, surprise, has been discussed and discussed and discussed thousands upon thousands of times online. Yeah, this battle wow, has right. existed. I mean, it's crazy, right? This battle is, has existed online for at least, I don't know, 10, 12 years. And so many people have voiced their opinion on it. So many people brought up good arguments on the side, But it's never come to a clear decision or conclusion. That is until today on the Who Would Win Show. Ray, I got to know, what are your thoughts on today's matchup?
0: Well, look, we have two important characters right here. Vegeta and Spawn are two very important characters to me both. I love both of them. I repped both of them on the show before, and I lost both of those battles. So this is not just a redemption for Vegeta or a redemption for Spawn. This is a redemption for Ray, and I have to take this down. Look, Spawn losing to Captain Marvel was one of the roughest decisions. We <laughs> can blame the judge, Stefan Thomas. Stefan Thomas was so such a rough judge on the show as far as bias against me personally goes that we even last week got a (laughs) three-star review saying i love the show but i hate stefan thomas he hasn't even been on the show in like two seasons and he's still tanking our reviews with that particular decision on the other hand vegeta went up against supergirl and that's another fantastic battle. Look, Vegeta versus a Superman tile character. We've Dragon Ball Z Superman. Look, it's been through the ringer. I loved our particular take on that battle. Once again, did not love the decision that was made. I'm just happy that one of these two characters gets a full redemption today. And I, I am ready to be here for Spawn because I think he deserves it just a bit more.
2: Okay that's all really cool, right? you know I, I gotta <clears throat> sorry, I gotta address something that's been bothering me for years on the Who and show. literally years. There's only been three times uh, I've left a show really angry, really upset, really not in a good place in my head. One of them was Goku versus Superman. you rep Goku and completely Flawlessly. misrepresented that Goku could somehow use telepathy find Superman's secret weakness of kryptonite, teleport to where it was, bring it back to you. I was like, what, are, what world do we live in? That's not even a thing. The other time... Great argument. Oh, it was absolutely garbage. The other time was when you wrapped our Lord and Savior. Of course, I'm talking about Megatron from the G1 series back in the 80s, up against Kong. Not even Kong versus Godzilla. Kong versus, you know, from Skull Island. And somehow... Somehow you got the loss there. I was like, to the Who Would Win Show production team, how come I'm not repping Megatron? You know I'm crazy about it. Anyway, you got the loss. Super angry. And then, and then, race to Kanis. Vegeta versus Supergirl. And I had to rep Supergirl. And I'm like, what would Vegeta want me to do? Because I take these things personally. Vegeta would be like, he'd want a worthy opponent. So I did it. And I had so many ways for Vegeta to win. I prepared for it. And yet again, you lost. You lost again with Vegeta. I don't know how you could have done this. I usually don't get this angry or passionate before a a matchup. I'm losing my mind here. I need assurances race to Canis that you're going to rep spawn the way you can convince me that you're going to do everything you can to help spawn get the win and be worthy of the mantle of host of who would win.
0: It was one of the first six episodes we've ever done in season one was spawn versus captain Marvel, which means that I've had over three full years almost three and a half years at this point to stew in the anger of that matchup and you can rest assured James Gabsy, I have stewed you think a crock pot of chili tastes good if you put it on for 24 straight hours do it for three and a half years and see what that chili will be I think I lost the metaphor there but my point is I'm ready (laughs) I was about to say I'm sure you've eaten worse
2: but I do understand, guaranteed, where you're going with this race to case. Look, it, the, today is a is a Super Bowl matchup for the Who Would Win show. You've got two iconic, insanely powerful characters, and when you have that kind of matchup, you need the right kind of judge to come back on here. And the last time we had this kind of Titanic battle, we we had this judge on, and they did an amazing job with this. So, let's introduce him real quick. Making their second appearance on the Who Would Win show, it's the world's tallest voice actor. Hint, hint. Nudge, nudge. <laughs> You may recognize his work from, I don't know, an appearance here and there in certain animated films and TV shows. It's the one, it's the only, it's Roger Craig Smith. Roger, welcome
3: back to Who Would Win. Gentlemen, thank you for having me. I'm honored. I'm honored. This is, I, I, am, I am constantly, as was the case with my first appearance on this uh, as a judge, like constantly impressed with how well you guys talk copious amounts of smack and yet make very, very, uh, very astute arguments uh, in support of your, your position. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm honored to be back. This is going to be tough. This is going to be tough.
2: Now, you know, here's the thing. You know, before we kind of talk about this episode, uh, everyone always asks, okay, what is so-and-so working on? What is so-and-so working As if Ray and I have the inside track. Sometimes we do, by the way. So please tell our fan base, the Legion of Audience,
3: what you can, what you're working on currently. Uh, so that's, that's, I can never talk about what I'm working on. Well, obviously we are still ongoing with Apex Legends, which is great. I've always Mirage in that game. Uh, we've, it's more seasons, things like that that are in the works, obviously. Um, because of the way that's, that sort of game is structured. But most of everything else that I'm working on, I cannot discuss. Uh, which Fair. drives me nuts. But I will say that Sonic Frontiers, the latest Sonic the Hedgehog video game is due out. This year? <laughs> holiday season this year? Coming this year? Uh, so it not. I don't think it's got an official release date, but holiday 2022 uh, is what it's slated for. Um, we shall see. I have no idea. I don't, you know, I'm the last to know these things. I'm usually the first to find out when the angry uh, social medias start blowing up and people are just like people asking you. <laughs> what's you know what are they working on it's the same thing for me like what why is this happening I'm like i don't i don't know i just found out so yeah we got sonic frontiers and then apex legends and other things that are ongoing that i can't talk about well you know
2: that's like you know a wrestler being from parts unknown that's both really exciting and highly unsatisfying but with that being said <laughs> we uh you know we always we always love it when, when a judge voice great not, stuff
3: coming out. I'm not weighing – like, you don't need to compete with me, man. You don't need to, you know, like – I'm just like, saying
2: we're fans, man. Whenever, you I know – I, I I don't even call you Roger Craig Smith. I just say the captain's coming on the show. Ah. Right? Captain America's coming on. I know you've done other great voice work, by the way. But to me, you're Captain America. I'll take it. just, just repping, what I'm saying. We're Now, listen, you heard what Ray and I were talking about before the show, mm-hmm. and we both yes. take this so personally when we rep a character – and, you know, when I rep a character that Ray really loves, I know I got to do a great job. And when Ray reps a character I really love, he drops the ball. What do you think is the importance? <laughs> how dare you? It's just the truth, right? Now, listen, what do you think, on a scale of 1 to 10, how important is it for someone who's going to, like, try to defend the character they love? How important is it that they do a great job and, like, do that character
3: justice? I think it's I think it's paramount. I think it's rather than, than getting, like, caught up in the mudslinging i think uh you stay the course you you just cite all the strengths of your argument and and if you can put in like a you know a a, a nice you know flick of the earlobe uh to your opponent here and there but without it having to be like you're just desperate into trying to just denounce the other individual why not just keep talking about all the great points uh, of your particular character that you're defending. So I think, you know, coming with a strong, positive argument is crucial.
2: Again, all I heard was Captain America right there. <laughs> not even kidding. That's exactly what Captain America there would have go. said. There to you give go. that answer. By yeah. the way, you're not wrong. I think that's what, what people expect. And, you know, a lot of people, you know, use the mudslinging, his name calling, that's fun, by the way. But yeah. y- you're right. We have to give the gravitas, the, the significance to each of our characters. By Without the way, all joking aside, Ray has done a great job repping a lot of characters. Um, hopefully, he does the same great job today. So with that being said, we have a Super Bowl-level, WrestleMania-level episode of Who Would Win Today for our fan-based Legion of Audience. you got Ray repping Spawn. you got me repping Vegeta. You've got Roger Craig Smith judging the show. Ray, I hope you're ready. Please do us the honors and announce today's matchup.
0: Representing Dragon Ball Z, the Z fighter who can power up and kick butt If you know what I'm saying, Vegeta and representing Image Comics, the antihero with a cape so cool, you'd sell your soul to get it because, I mean, you know, he he did spawn. It's true.
2: It's true. He did. Uh, well done, Ray. Now, before we go any further, let's go over the official rules of a hulu Win match, which are brought to you by Comixology, one of our great sponsors. Rule number one, each debater will make three points. Rule number two, the Would Win match is a random encounter in a neutral location, with no prior knowledge of the opponent or time to prepare for the fight. Rule number three, the debater must stay within the confines of the character's personality, and the exact version of that character has to be specifically stated. Ray, what version of Spawn will you be using today?
0: Image Comics, it's been out there for a very long time. There's a lot of good meaty stuff in there. That's where I'm going.
2: Good call. Listen, everyone knows I'm an anime fanatic. I've been watching Dragon Ball, Dragon Ball Z. I even watch Dragon Ball GT, Dragon Ball Super. And so I love the anime. That's why I'm going with the manga version of Vegeta. Yeah, I said it. All right, rule number four. Debaters may only use examples of skills, powers, or weapons that are a long-established part of the character's continuity. Feats from non-canon crossovers are allowed but will be given less weight. Rule number five, the winner of the debate is whomever the judge decides is the best case for defeating their opponent by death, submission, or battlefield removal, and where no attack or threat can be made for at least two minutes, and where no outside interference is allowed. Rule number six, the judge is the final arbiter and can disallow or veto any point they feel violates these rules or established logic. And before we get started, don't forget to visit the official Who Would Win store to get your very own Who Would Win merchandise and accessories. Go to Hoodwindstore.com right now during the episode. I'm dead serious. We'll see. We can track this. Go to that website right now, WhowouldWinStore.com. Get your t-shirts, your mugs, your hats, all that kind of good stuff. And just be part of the Legion of Audience and listen to the Who Would Win show the way that Ray and I would really appreciate if you listen to it. Need to supercharge your hiring?
0: You need a super hiring partner. You need, indeed. I've been a fan of Indeed.com for a long time and been singing their praises for even longer. You know, one of the things I love about Indeed is that not only can you find a great job on Indeed.com, start there, great place to look, but if you're hiring You can invite candidates, right? Candidates you invite to apply are three times more likely to apply for your job than candidates who just kind of see it in a random search. That's according to U.S. Indeed data. It's like you invite somebody and they feel welcome to your party, right? They're more likely to want to work for you or at least check out what this job's all about. And we'll get you one step closer to that hire by immediately matching you with quality candidates with Indeed. Indeed's going to do the hard work for you. It shows you the candidates whose resume on Indeed fits your description immediately after you post. You're going to find the people. They're going to put them right in front of you so you can hire even faster. And these are quality candidates. These are people who already meet your minimum expectations right off the top at the beginning.
2: Join more than 3 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. Start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at indeed.com slash WWW offer good for a limited time. Claim your $75 credit now at indeed.com slash WWW indeed.com slash WWW terms and conditions apply need to hire
0: you need indeed. We have a new sponsor for who would win. And I think y'all might enjoy this one. It is Marvel strike force. Marvel Strike Force is a mobile game that taps into everything we all love about Marvel Comics. You get to pick a squad of your favorite Marvel heroes, you know, and villains, let's keep it real, and team them up to fight big bads like Doctor Doom and of course, save the universe. So take a sec and check out Marvel Strike Force using the link in the description of this episode, ideally, and use our promo code MAXPOOL and get the whole Who Would Win show hookup. Thanks again to Marvel Strike Force and thanks to me for this great read. Good job, me.
2: Now, let's get to the tale of tape for both of our combatants. Ray,
0: please give us the details for Spawn. Spawn is a government assassin named Al Simmons who made a deal with the devil to return to Earth. He was created by Todd McFarlane and first appeared in Spawn number one back in 1992. Hailing from Detroit, Al Simmons rose the ranks of the CIA to become a very capable assassin. However, Al was plagued with morality issues at his job, because they were asking him to, you know, kill innocent people, so his own crew killed him by setting him on fire. Al made a deal with the devil Malbosia and returned to Earth. As Spawn, he has whatever he can imagine, with the only limit being that when he eventually uses up his necroplasm power, he will, in fact, return to Hell. Fun fact, Spawn's real name is Al Simmons, as we mentioned earlier. But did you know that Al Simmons is an actual real person and that the character was based on a real person named Al Simmons? Yes, and not only is Al real, but back in the mid-90s at Motor City Comic Con, Al Simmons saw a cosplayer decked out in a superhero costume in neon orange with a green cape and asked a convention worker to bring that young man over so he could meet him. See, cosplay in the 90s wasn't nearly as big a deal as it was now, so it was a little strange seeing costumes, especially ones that bright. Well, that young man came over to meet him, and it was, in fact, who would win show co-host Ray Stekanis. Al gave Ray some free merch, and they had a wonderful, pleasant conversation. That is Spawn.
2: Way to make friends, Ray Stekanis. You know what? I was, this is great information. I always thought that uh, the Al that Spawn was based off was Al Bundy, who scored, uh, was it four touchdowns for Poke High? And I was like, that's why he's so powerful. Um, Could still be a thing, by the way. I think uh, the writers should write that in. All right. Well done, Race Canis. Here are the important details for Vegeta. Created by legendary Akira Toriyama, Vegeta first appeared in the manga Dragon Ball Chapter 204 Sayonara Son Goku, issue number 29, back in November of 1988. Vegeta was the prince of the, of the Saiyans, a race of powerful warriors known throughout the galaxy for their badassery. Vegeta became one of his race's only survivors after planet Vegeta was destroyed by Frieza, an intergalactic warlord and conqueror who was afraid of the Saiyans becoming too powerful. Vegeta headed to Earth to gain immortality from the wishes granted to him by the fabled Dragon Balls. Once there, he challenged Earth's greatest warrior, Goku, and was nearly defeated. His efforts to obtain the Dragon Balls would continue on the planet Namek, but after the events on Namek and then back on Earth during the classic Cell Game saga, Vegeta somewhat settled down and married resident genius Bulma and had two children with her and became, you know, a cool anti-hero. Since then, Vegeta's continuous continued his maniacal obsession with becoming the most powerful being in the universe and being more powerful than his arch-rival Goku, which it's kind of the same thing. Now, fully embracing his family and having something bigger than himself to fight for, Vegeta battles alongside Earth's heroes to ensure the safety of his friend's family and even to protect the innocent as long as it's convenient and kind of falls in line with what he's doing. And here's an interesting fact about Vegeta. Did you know that the creator of the Dragon Ball franchise doesn't like Vegeta at all? As in really doesn't like him? Like as has something personal against him? It's true, kind of. With the popularity of Goku, Gohan, Trunks, and all the other characters in Dragon Ball Z, Dragon Ball Super, you would think the boatloads of cash coming in on a daily basis would make Akira Toriyama love all the characters associated with the franchise. However... That's not actually the case, as it turns out that he's got some not-so-nice things to say about Vegeta. In the book, *Daisen Shu*, Akira said the following about Vegeta. With Vegeta, well, I don't like him all that much, but I guess he was extremely helpful to have around. Turns out that Vegeta was a great device to move the plot forward, and you have time for Goku to heal up and get back in the fight. Yeah, it doesn't matter because Vegeta's awesome, everyone agrees with that, and you know what? I'll not like someone if I get billions of dollars for that character. It's all good. And now you have the facts on both opponents. Roger, do you have any questions before we get started? Why the name Vegeta? It's a play on the word vegetable. Yeah. So Gohan is a rice dish. Uh, okay. Piccolo is uh, an instrument I played in high
3: school and got teased for. Yeah.
2: You know, there's lots of different uh, double entendres, if yeah. you will, for all these names. Okay.
3: Interesting. Yeah. No, I mean, that's, 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 that's it's just, I, from the get go, I'm like, it, it's just, it's just the weakest sounding name. <laughs> Sorry, it's a, I so I just was curious why it just is an interesting thing because that yeah, it evokes like cucumbers and there there is <laughs> a character named Cumber. You've got to be kidding me.
0: And Raditz. Raditz.
3: Raditz.
2: character who has a name similar to table whose name is Tarble. Okay.
0: Toriyama likes to have a good time with his names of his yeah.
2: characters. That
0: is officially the yeah. fact.
2: Okay. Yeah, right. that that was the only question I had. Race to Canis, let's get this battle started. Hit us with your
0: point number one. Point number one for Spawn. Let's just talk about his offensive output because it is enormous. Now, I mentioned before the Necroplasm. This is an unholy energy source that he uses for both his strength, as well as his durability. And in the original incarnation of Spawn, the idea was he tries not to use his powers too much because he has a very finite supply of that necroplasm and as soon as he's out of it, he ends up going straight back to hell. So the necroplasm is an absolutely essential part of the character. But let's face it, he was such a well-trained CIA operative, and he's such a wonderful combatant fighter, you know, a military guy. He's able to defeat a lot of his enemies without even tapping into the powers or, or the spiritual stuff at all. So he's really, really good at stealth, you know, as an assassin from the uh, CIA. He's able to hide in shadows, sneak up on people, get behind him, take the shots that he absolutely needs to. But let's also talk about the cape, because I believe he's able to use a lot of the cape without necessarily triggering any of this loss of this energy. And you've seen the cape. It's exceptionally long. It's red. It's like if Doctor Strange's cape came straight from the bowels of hell because it did. He has Hellraiser spikes and chains that come out of it like a dozen at a time and he can shoot them with a speed that's been said faster than bullets. Faster than bullets, he's throwing these chains out there. And if you've seen a Hellraiser movie, you know what Pinhead does where he just sort of looks and a chain comes from nowhere, grabs the guy's flesh and just starts yanking on him. That's normal attacking for spawn. He's got the chains, the spikes. He's, his cape is basically a symbiote, which makes sense because Todd McFarlane, the creator of Spawn, also co-created Venom. So when you think about Spawn, you think about what if he had a Venom symbiote attached to him at all times that was that was Hellraiser, basically. This is terrifying. The cape feeds off of evil, and that's also important because he gets stronger when dealing with evil characters. Who is Vegeta? Vegeta. Well, he's got a lot of rage, a lot of anger. He started as a villain of the week for the first Dragon Ball Z uh, story arc, if I remember this correctly, and I do, and that he is a bad guy. He happens to fight for good people all the time, sure, but he has a cape that feeds off of evil, and Vegeta is an evil character. Emotions, anger, hate, that's what it's going to pull off of him. Also, Spawn can fly. I know Vegeta can also fly, so I want to get that done right there. Now, uh, he's also very, very fast. Besides the spikes alone, he's been referred to as the Crimson Blur from the Shadows and a character who moves with unhuman swiftness. This is a guy who moves very, very fast when he punches you. At one point, he hit the Violator, and he knocked what was referred to as a basketball-sized chunk out of this Hellspawn character, roughly you know equivalent to him as far as demonic energy goes. Another thing he can do, he can control nature itself like Swamp Thing. He can actually control the plants and the trees like a Groot or a Swamp Thing. And he can turn the entire environment around him into an attacking force on his behalf. Look, I love Vegeta. Uh, He's very, very one-note, though. You know, he's going to try to blast you, hit you, fly at you, scream a lot. But Spawn's got a lot more creativity at his disposal. And that's why at the end of the day, you know, I mentioned the demon, the, the devil character, the malboja. That's the one who gave him the powers, the one he went into an agreement with. Well, Spawn went right down there and cut off his head at a certain point. He cut off the head of this particular devil. And if you can knock, drag down the devil, I'd like to believe you got a good chance against a guy named after Vegetables. And that's my point number one.
2: You know, a lot of hate towards Vegetables Uh, Which should be a a very good and and, uh, stable part of every child's diet these days. Just want to put that PSA out there. Uh, This episode is brought to you by vegetables. They're not just things that you feed um, that become meat later on that you eat. All right. Don't know where it's going with that. Uh, Quick question. Uh, Necroplasm. We're going to be mentioning this quite a bit, a little off topic. Ray Canis, if we were to play a drinking game for this episode of Who Would Win, where you had to take a shot every time Necroplasm was mentioned, would someone be drunk by the end of point number two?
0: Look, you've already had, I believe, up to four shots at this point. Uh, every single time I've I've personally mentioned Necroplasm, do it again. Look, I wouldn't suggest anyone do this. I feel like if you were doing it with, you know, a Kool-Aid or an apple juice, that might still be enough to get you drunk because I'm going to be mentioning it a whole heck of a lot.
2: All right, that's fair. Uh, You know, the only thing I'm going to push back a little bit is that use of the cape to his extremes does tap into get ready, boys and girls. I mean, adults at home. Necroplasm. Because that's part of, you know, when he has to go to extremes and really tap into his internal power to extend to kind of enhance the power of the cape, he's got to use, uh, tap into his necroplasm to do so. Uh, but with that being said, you know, Spawn is a really interesting character. I uh, came out at a time where his his power set, although not uncommon today, was really brand new, refreshing back in the 90s. I believe that's when he came out. Uh, so, yeah, again, I love uh, Spawn. Love the character. But I think Vegeta has a lot more going for him. Let me get to that in my point number one. now let's talk about the destructive power and physical superpowered for lack of a better term insanity that Vegeta brings to the table. So in the Dragon Ball universe, characters such as Goku, Vegeta, you know they tap into their soul or internal energy or their key energy, which which makes them amongst the most powerful people in their universe and sometimes even in the multiverse that they exist within. And Vegeta can tap into that key energy to turn himself into a Superman-class type of being and quite possibly something much, much more powerful, which is scary. So let's start at the beginning. What's the best way to establish the power level of a new villain, right? You have him beat up some people, sure, or maybe have him lift something that's super heavy. Well, in Vegeta's case, we establish his villainous superpower by having easily blow up a planet. That's the first thing he does to show like what he can do. he He's one, you know, it's the first thing, he, he puts up two fingers and just casually says like, yeah, I don't think I finished all my business with this planet, shoots out that beam, blows up the planet and its moon, super casually, super easy. That's him. Vegeta destroyed a planet and its moon. starting out. That's his starting out point with this guy. So how powerful is Vegeta? Let's talk about his pure physicality at this point. He's got speed beyond belief. He can actually fly faster than the speed of light. His combat speed is so fast that the only way you can tell he's there is by the flash of energy or huge shockwave that comes from his powerful hits when they smash into each other in air. You see a shockwave where you feel it, or you see a flash of energy, and by the time you see it, he's already moved five or six times ahead of that, so you're not actually seeing it in present time he's already way ahead let's talk about his reflexes and jilly vegeta's reflexes are so sharp so fast he can dodge attacks coming at at, at his speed of goku which he hits combat speed faster than anybody and vegeta can dodge and move out of out of that way goku is known as the best fighter really pound for pound in the dragon ball universe and vegeta can actually get out of the way of his punches at point blank range and his attacks that's insane let's talk about his strength so at the beginning of this he trains in gravity chambers that are over 500 times the gravity of Earth. Now he's moved on since then. I'm talking about the beginning stages or mid stages. He's now so powerful that 500 times gravity doesn't affect him at all. He doesn't notice this. Look, lifting something that weighs a 1,000 tons, not class 100 like the Hulk does, a 1,000 tons, isn't that big of a deal for Vegeta anymore. That's how powerful he is. He is so durable uh, and so powerful. It's really crazy, and it's really partly because he's durable physically and his willpower. So one of the most entertaining parts of the Dragon Ball franchise for me is seeing Vegeta get smashed through buildings, through mountains, cratering in the ground. Why? Because he gets right back up and does even worse to his opponents. But this, to put this in perspective, Vegeta has easily tanked destructive energy attacks that could destroy a planet. In fact, he's tanked the force of destruction itself, something called entropy, which was designed to erase anything it touches from space and time itself. And Vegeta tanked that. More on that later, by the way. But here's my favorite. He's got insane willpower. This is what makes Vegeta really interesting. See... Super Saiyans transform. They go from dark hair to blonde hair through this process where they tap into more and more of their power. Well, the way Vegeta does that is he has to put himself through insane pain to get to new plateaus of power. That's why he's screaming as he's transforming. It is painful as heck, but he's like, don't care, I'm going through it. He has that inhuman pain tolerance and that durability. That's why he gets to new levels of power all the time. Look, I don't know exactly what the creative process was for Vegeta with Akira Toriyama, but... You know, I think at first, his first appearance, they said, I got an idea. Let's combine Superman and the Death Star and make that the starting point for Vegeta. And then let's go up exponentially from there as the series goes on. That is Vegeta starting off. I think Spawn's in a lot of trouble. That's my point number one.
0: Very interesting. Some of the things you're choosing to put on the table and not telling the whole story about James Gavsey. Yes. It is true that in one of his first episodes that he appeared on the show, Vegeta did blow up a planet uh, where he actually went down and he saved an enslaved population. And then upon leaving, he's like, "I'm still going to be a jerk," and he blows up the planet anyway to really show what a jerko he is. Now his character has undergone ten levels of, of of character growth since that moment. And character is important in a Who Would Win battle. He doesn't blow up planets anymore. He doesn't want to blow up planets. He, he I wouldn't say he necessarily cares about humanity more than himself but he does care about Bulma and will not want to uh, have Bulma be disappointed in him so he really ever since that one time won't blow up planets willy nilly like old bachelor Vegeta used to do and another thing and I'll talk about it a lot for as strong as you're going to say Vegeta is this is a guy who loses a lot of fights Vegeta's entire purpose in Dragon Ball Z is to get beaten by the big bad severely so the big actual hero goku can step forward and kick the guy's butt i'll get more into that a little later on
2: i'm just glad spawns never lost a match never or a fight ever in the decades long uh, uh you know of his existence all right interesting points raised to canis roger craig smith you've heard one point from both Ray and myself where's your head at with this battle so far
3: so you uh, so okay i was like i think we're neck and neck to be totally honest i'm not. it's i'm looking at my notes right here cuz I, I have extensive i promise you i have I'm taking notes, okay? I liked I liked like how you guys kind of set up all their strengths, uh, but you also kind of admitted a couple of the weaknesses to the other side. I don't know. I'm kind of it's a split decision right now. I'm not going I'm going to save kind of where my my uh my logic is is working on here. I did like the idea that this is something that's playing playing very much into my sort of like, you know, thought process on this. The the Vegeta seems kind of like a jerk and the fact that spawns cape uh, with this uh, necroplasm and all of this, uh, it seems like the the idea that he would be feeding off of the energy of the, in the evil energy of his opponents, and with the way Vegeta seems to come off like a bit of a jerk, I don't know. That's a, that's a tough one. So that's that's just where my brains at right now. I've got I've I've got other things. Let's see. Uh, great job. Okay, uh, let's see. Control nature. I liked that that kind of the 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 aspect of controlling nature. I thought for. Uh, yeah. Anyway, I'm. I don't. Yeah, I don't want to give too much. I know we've got we've got more to come. So, I yeah. It's the, there's yeah the nature thing and the Vegeta. There's a joke there that I wanted to go for in terms of like you know I could see Spawn somehow controlling Vegeta's uh, ability to either germinate or blossom or something as a vegetable. <laughs> might that could really you know? But but then again, uh, there's the speed and right now Vegeta is annihilating Spawn on speeds. I I'm giving too much. I'm giving too much. You know what? You know what I love about all of this. Like, you, you, I love when you're on the
2: show because you kind of like you're, you're you're going to depth with this. But I love how you're giddy, like giddy? Your, the excitement <laughs> that's coming from you is awesome. Just, it gets me like kind of going too. Well, you I love guys, when the judge is so into this.
3: Yeah. Well, you guys are. Well, that's the thing. It's like I like I said. I know nothing about either of these things. I literally it was like my biggest question from the introduction of the characters was like, why Vegeta? It's a really dumb name. Spawn at least sounds cool or dirty or evil or something. But yeah. And, and you guys are obviously infectious with your energy, so... And it always... It's like compelling points. It, and you, you just... It's rapid fire. Every time I'm starting to write something down, I'm like, damn it. I just missed what he said, and I know that he said something good. So, yeah. Well done, gentlemen. Well done. Thank you, thank you,
2: sir. What thank else you sir. got?
3: All right, he wants more. Ray, I, uh, I'm i
2: going up and up with this. hope you're doing the same. Hit us with your point number two.
0: Point number two for Spawn. Well, you're going to talk a little bit about some of the speed. Well, Spawn's a very, very fast character as well, uh, but he uses speed not just in the actual, like, uh, moving fast, but he has tricks. So first off, I want to talk about his defense right here and the way that he can take a lot of damage because his body, uh, is stated very early on, is made of psychoplasm, which is a hell-powered energy. And, and and it does. It draws evil, and it draws negative emotions from the people around it to heal himself. That's what he does. He was at one point decapitated. His head was clean removed from his body. Many characters, that would be a bad moment. For Spawn, he just regenerates it back. No problem. Comes back from that. Now, he uses something called hell magic. And I think this is important because Vegeta relies on his chi and the energy of the universe. Well spawn is a magical character obviously he's coming from the unholy underworld and he draws evil from the area around him and sin and he can redirect the uh, bad energy Uh, away from himself, from his enemy, back into his enemy in the form of hell energy blasts, but he can also easily teleport and use illusions. You know, it's one thing to be reasonably fast, but if I can just keep teleporting out of the way, it doesn't really matter. And if I can cast illusions, which make you attack something that isn't there, I've got you exactly where I want to. And an important thing about him being a demon is the fact that the demons created the hell spawn, of which spawn is one of them, These characters have been created to be impervious to any weapon created by mortal man. And that means that any kind of standard set of attacks isn't going to be able to put Spawn down. He can only be truly harmed by weapons and effects created in the spiritual plane. That being some sort of a holy weapon. If you don't have a holy weapon, you're not going to be able to really put Spawn down for good. And a little bit more with the durability, because the healing factor is incredible. He maybe has the best healing factor we've seen, uh, much more than Wolverine, much more so than Deadpool even, I would say. Uh, I would say this is Lobo, if not even higher than that. He was created back in the 90s when healing factor was the most important thing you could have, and they decided they were going to ratchet that up to 11 and make sure that he heals quickly from, again, being decapitated. He's a character who fell 30,000 feet, hit the ground, was fine. Thank you he can also do a few other interesting things that I found out. He can do shape-shifting so he can kind of modular, you know, crea- move his body around however he needs to based on attacking whatever so, you know, grips and holds aren't really going to work on him. He can also do phasing, you know, like characters like Vision uh, uh, or that Ilka, Martian Manhunter. He can phase through other characters, therefore take up no space, so I don't know how you're supposed to blast a guy who could make himself just not be here for a short period of time. He's also dodged energy attacks. Energy attacks are known as being very, very fast. The power of energy with the speed of light. He's dodged energy attacks from point-blank range. So we want to talk about speed. I want to make sure it's understood. Spawn can match Vegeta for speed, but one area where I think he absolutely has it defensively, etc. is he's mentally tougher than Vegeta. Vegeta can be thrown out of his game as soon as things start going wrong. He's a character who believes in himself maybe a little bit too much, and the second he gets properly punched in the nose, he doesn't know what to do. On the flip side, Spawn is so mentally tough, he was forced to relive painful memories, like hundreds of them, all at once. Anything that would shatter the psyche of any normal person. He was able to tank to take all of that sort of mental torture and keep going and keep going strong. At the end of the day, he's definitely tougher physically, but he's definitely tougher mentally. And that's my point number two.
2: Uh, on a scale of one to ten, ten being absolutely perfectly correct and one being I'm not sure what you're doing here right now. You're a negative 100 on a lot of this stuff, Race to Canis. Oh yeah, I'm just going right there, I'm doing it. Here's the deal, first of all, uh, you know, Spawn, again, all respect to Spawn. Uh, He does have a regeneration factor, but he can be hurt, and using that regeneration factor definitely dips into Get Ready Kids at Home. Necroplasm use and what have you, even that psychoplasm. Uh, by the way, the key energy, not Chi, the key energy, because it's a Japanese based show, um, this is a spiritual energy. They reference this all the time in the manga, I should say, as well as the anime, but the manga, it is a spiritual, supernatural energy that can be measured sometimes scientifically. They can say, oh, wow, that's a very powerful aura, like it's over 9,000, but it is a spiritual type of energy this stuff's going to affect spawn in a very big way uh let's see vegeta is very familiar with people who can disappear, go intangible, uh, have you know healing factors where they can regenerate right away. He's dealt with that before. This is old hat for him. Finally, uh, good luck in, in Spawn keeping up with Vegeta's speed. Not going to happen. This is someone who can travel, uh, you know, vast distances insanely fast and can do it even faster more than that later. And la- actually, the last thing, Vegeta is insanely mentally tough. We've seen that all the times so when he's faced with death. He's like, I'm not giving up. I'm not going to lose. I've got to fight. I got He's overcome instant Surmountable odds all the time where lesser beings give up. That is Vegeta. Let me get to my point number two to clarify some more cool stuff about Vegeta. And let's talk about his fighting style and cool things he can do with his power. So he's been trained since birth to be the greatest warrior in the universe, and that's on top of the fact that he comes from a an insanely long line of ultimate warriors. So genetically, this person's been designed to become a warrior. It's like uh, T'Challa has been, you know, uh, comes from a line of uh, of royalty and geniuses and ultimate fighters and all that kind of stuff to create this ultimate being. Vegeta is that for his race. Now to say he's a fighting prodigy would be a vast understatement. Remember Goku, the main star of Dragon Ball, the main badass of Goku of, of Dragon Ball. He hasn't defeated Vegeta. He really hasn't. But Vegeta has actually knocked out Goku. That is an insane win. That's Goku versus Superman. That's get debated all the time. Well, Vegeta's actually knocked out Goku. When you've got a victory over Goku, you're automatically in elite status in Geek Culture. Uh, his fighting ability, I always said, is also due to his insane willpower. There's a character named Bobbidi, a magical character, who gave Vegeta a magical upgrade, and he did so thinking he would be control of Vegeta's will. It was kind of a weird exchange. I'll control your will and your movement, but I'll give you insane power. Vegeta's like, cool, I'll do that. And then when Bobbity ba- tried to get him to do something, you know, say, hey, move over there, whatever, Vegeta's like, nope, not going to do it. And his willpower enabled him to completely overturn and just dismiss Bobby's you know control keep in mind Bobby was controlling that the Dragon Ball's version of Satan at the time was a character named Dabura but it had you know he had like it was Satan for that that universe and Bobby was controlling Satan but the willpower of Vegeta was like too strong he just can't be controlled that way Uh let's see he, yeah so his mind can't be controlled and someone can't affect his soul because of his willpower's internal key energy now in terms of fighting Vegeta can literally do it all from boxing to kickboxing wrestling submission holds he has beyond mastered all those fighting abilities he really has and he knows how to use them against opponents who are powerful enough to destroy Planets, the universe, enslave people, the whole thing, and he's done all this kind of cool fighting against every type of opponent you can think of. People that go intangible, people who control time, people who can grow large, people who can, you know, put their 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 mind into another being, all that kind of stuff. He's already fought against. Remember, this is Dragon Ball. Everything you can think of has already been done times ten. So as a result, just like Goku, he's created some really cool attacks that all have the planet the, the the ability to destroy planets. Where he can focus them just to affect the opponent he's taking on to absolutely completely 100% obliterate them. So he's got the Gallic gun, which is really cool. This is a signature technique. It's purple in color. This is his big go to weapon uh, that can absolutely take anyone out when he wants to. He's got the Lucura gun, and this is that full power energy blast volley where he uses both of his hands machine gun style to shoot out yellow blasts of energy. Really crazy. It's an area type of attack. So good luck going stealth. He'll just take out the whole area in. He's got the big bang attack where he Raises his hand very dramatically, points it up in the air, creates a huge big ball of energy and shoots it at something. That is going to mess him up battle really badly. There's the final, a final impact. Same type of energy blast used to destroy that planet I mentioned before. Insanely powerful. He's got the ga- Gamma Burst Flash, and this is designed to blow apart multiple enemies who are stronger than himself. This is insane. He's got, he's like, listen... I know I'm powerful. I think I'm the strongest of all time. But just in case, i got to face off against people that are more powerful than me because he does encounter that. And he's like, I don't know when I'm going to do it. I have an attack to completely obliterate people, multiple people and opponents who are way more powerful than me. He's got that. That's how smart he is. And then he's got my favorite attack, the final explosion, which can literally take out gods. More on that later. By the way, he can control his blast of energy and his keys so well that he can make like constructs out of them like green lantern this is weird and these constructs are so powerful they can completely restrain that character goku when goku is in an elevated super saiyan like ultimate power form that is insane look one of spawn's biggest weaknesses is his lack of creativity in using his powers and weapons i'm not saying he's not creative but man if ray or myself had those powers well if i had those powers i'd be doing crazy stuff all the time when you look at vegeta his fighting experience, his training, all that kind of stuff, this is someone who I know is a universal-level threat if you choose to be. Now, but the real reason why Vegeta is such a great fighter, Ray, you mentioned this before, and a universal-level badass warrior is because, and someone who made the god of of destruction scared, is because now, you said it, Vegeta has something to fight for. He started off as a villain, but now he's 100% anti-hero because he's got his wife, he's got his kids, he's got his friends, he's got his way of life. He actually likes the planet Earth. So he's gonna fight someone who he thinks is a threat to him, and he's gonna fight like hell if he thinks if, I'm, if I don't win, I'm never gonna see my family ever again. That motivation, plus that fighting skill, plus that power, is gonna put him way over the top in this battle. That's my point number two.
0: Wow, there's a, you're 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 misstating a lot of stuff there, James. Obviously, he's never actually formally defeated Goku at any point. I know you want to pretend he has, but twice he's had Goku down. Once, he just had him down and before anything could actually happen, the fight was interrupted by other characters and the fight ended. So it, we don't actually know who was going to win that fight. And during the uh, the Boo arc a second time, he did knock out Goku, but that was well after a battle was already done and it was like, well, after the fact. Look, if I go 15 rounds with Mike Tyson, I step out of the ring and James Gabsy steps out of the crowd and sucker punch my, you know, absolutely uh, decimated body. He, I guess, can claim a victory over me, but is it worth anything? No. The thing I know about Vegeta is that he loses all the time to the point where one of the questions that I saw when Google uh, popped up when I first started Googling some stuff is, has Vegeta ever actually won a fight? Because he's well-known for losing almost every single fight he ends up taking. Why? Because he's a character trope who's there to lose the fight to make Goku look stronger. I've said it again. Look, some of the losses that he's taken, uh, the list after list after list, goes bigger and bigger and bigger. Minimum 19 times. 19 times over the course of the series. And it is bigger than that. He has lost to run-of-the-mill characters as it goes. You talk about how powerful he can be. But narratively, he never truly is.
2: I just wonder if he has wins over like insanely powerful opponents. I hope I can find something that kind of talks about that. And we're at the turning point. But before we get to what Roger has to say, let's celebrate the Hoodwin Patron of the Week. Every week we choose one of our amazing members of the Hoodwin Show's Patreon community and put them in a battle. Ray, which patron do we have today?
0: This week's Patron of the Week is Eric Lehman. Eric Lehman, you're here. Lehman, I don't know, but it's you, and you're here, and you're going to be fighting today.
2: Listen, when you have Eric Lehman on the show, you got to put up an insane opponent to take on someone as powerful as Eric. Okay, I'm going to go there. Let's have him go up against, yeah, let's do it. In honor of Roger Craig Smith in his last battle, let's have him go up against Green Lantern.
0: Well, Green Lantern, first off, Green Lantern's in deep, deep trouble in this battle, first off, because Green Lantern, this is the Who Would Win show, and the Green Lantern has never won a battle on the Who Would Win show. I believe he's been on the show three different times, including with Roger Craig Smith as judge, and he has lost every single time he's been on. He lost to Iron Man. He lost to Pinhead and a, a separate version. I forget who the other one lost to, but it was it was rough. He doesn't win fights. So sorry, Green Lantern. You make some of your fancy constructs, much like Vegeta. You're there to get pummeled by some sort of threat to show us that that threat is very, very potent and powerful. In the case of today, that threat is Eric. And Eric will just walk right up. And Green Lantern is going to start creating cities. And he's going to start creating giant, giant fists to start punching down on Eric and he's just going to look Green Lantern in his soul and he's going to say this is the who would win show you have no power here and all the willpower of Hal Jordan is going to just plummet it's going to all completely leave his body he's going to turn up a weeping mess in the fetal position and Eric's going to walk over and give him a little orange Cassidy kick and that will be all it takes to defeat Green Lantern good job Eric you earned it
2: I can't, you know, as much as I like to debate Ray Sicanus, I can't find any flaw in that logical outcome of that battle. Congratulations, Eric. Remember, you too can become a celebrated patron of the week. All you have to do is go to patreon.com slash whowouldwinshow and sign up, and you may be featured in an upcoming episode of Who Would Win. Roger, you've had a moment to ponder two points from both Ray and myself. Who do you think is ahead, and what does the other side have to do to pull out the victory?
3: Well, first off, the third uh, defeat for uh, Green Lantern, I believe, was versus Elmer Fudd. Just to clear the air on that yeah. one, uh, to to bring mm. that back, yeah. that was some um, fuddery. Yes, it's, yes, it's, it's, it was a lot of fuddery. <laughs> Fudd Ruckers. I don't. Yeah, I don't know where I'm going with that one either. So the question right now is, who do I think is ahead? Correct. Who is ahead, and what does the other side have to do to pull out the win? Okay. Okay. Yeah. Cause I've been, yeah. So I've got like, essentially I've got like your point ones, your point twos, and then I've got like an overall kind of list with a lot of ups and, and down arrows and things like that. Something, okay. Something that happened at the very end there that I found really interesting is that Ray was going for attacking essentially the version of Vegeta that you said you're going to go with, which is the manga version and when Ray is making the argument of saying, but you, like, you're trying to, like, t- tout all these powers, all these things that that Vegeta does, but don't forget, the guy was created as basically, like, a trope, like, a character trope to be there as, like, and now this anti-hero thrust. So, that was a pretty strong way to kind of wrap up. I thought, ooh, okay, we're going right back to the very beginning when you guys were choosing which versions and whatnot. Ray did an excellent job of doing that at the end of his uh his uh second his second argument and I would so I gotta put Ray ever so slightly ahead right now and to be honest take it I gotta and hopefully this isn't gonna throw you off James but I would start stepping away from the destroy planets argument being like impressive because both of these characters like have all these things that they do but if this guy can destroy planets and has all these final thing, you know, final power, what was it, final final blast, right? Power and all that stuff. It's like why so I'm kind of confused. Like the destroy the planet thing, it's like that sounds impressive. You started off with it where you were like, you know, literally can destroy planets, but it's just not selling me on it right now. And yet, and yet the way Ray kinda went went after you know, the, uh, the target of the manga version, like you had said, that that was impressive. I would go after maybe spawn a little bit more. I'd get go after, so you, you yeah. something a bit. go ahead. Yeah. Go on the, go on the offense. You've, you've got, you've done a great job defending, uh, Vegeta, but I, I think it's time. I think it's time. Ray has, has kind of like, he's, what is it? Was it sugar Ray that was known for like at the very end, like the last 30 seconds of a round. Just lighting a guy up, and therefore the judges would be like, oh "My gosh, he just he owned him," kind of thing. It's like Raid peppers in those things at the very end, and as a judge, I start going, "Ooh, look at that!" It's like boom, 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 you know. And uh, and and yeah, I think I think you've done a great job of like supporting Vegeta, but it's time to it's it's time to take the fight to Raid just a little bit. I'm thinking, or something. I, again, I, I
2: just hope I have something uh, sure slightly. You exactly- I feel like you do. What you're talking about? It's crazy. Uh, in my point, I know it's crazy. It's almost like I was planning a strategy here. Hmm. But hmm. but we'll see. Maybe maybe it falls short. I have no idea. All right, Ray, you're slightly ahead here. Let's see if you can finish the job. Hit us with your point number three.
0: Point number three for Spawn. I've been sandbagging up to this point. You talk about all the amazing things that Spawn can do. I haven't even mentioned his godlike powers and I'm not talking about god in the dragon ball z sense where there's all kinds of mystical gods and beings and you walk up and you whoop him because spawn takes place generally speaking in a world such as ours so I'm talking about the actual spiritual god and the devil that exist in as we know them as these a uh, complete Godlike beings, quite honestly. But first off, let's talk about a few things before we get there because his teleportation is a very, very crucial thing against Vegeta. His teleportation moves at the speed of light. He can just get out of the way. When Vegeta starts coming at him, he's just gonna move at the speed of light wherever he needs to. And later versions of the character became a Omega Spawn. He became an enhanced version called Omega Spawn that had no limitations to his power. If he used up the Necroplasm, no big deal. Spawn just keeps on going. That weakness was actually taken away from him Because there were, like, what is, I just saw a new spawn dropped a week ago, and it was issue 330. This thing has been going consistently since 1992. You go to a lot of different places when that happens. He also had a version called Legion Spawn that had 6,000 souls trapped within him, and he could use those souls as demonic kind of spirits, and he could, like, work with them they would follow his bidding. So he would actually attack with not just everything he could do, but 6,000 demonic souls also attacking you. He also had a Ghost Rider-esque ability. No, uh, the Penitent Stare is what Ghost Rider does, where he looks at you and all of your sins you know, eat you up from within. But what his version does is even nastier. It's all the souls of the people that you hurt over the course of your entire life. Vegeta destroyed a planet of slaves. All the people and souls that you hurt come physically manifest and rip you apart, rip you asunder. And Vegeta's hurt a lot of people. He's hurt a lot of people working for Frieza and in other adventures that we don't even know about. So when you destroy planets as you did, he can bring out the souls of those people and absolutely tear you apart, Vegeta. But also, he can manipulate time. Spawn can just stop time to think about a situation if he wants to and then come back to it when he's figured it out. And the most important things he's done, he can open portals to both heaven as well as hell. He could literally open a portal to hell, shove Vegeta in there and close it behind him, locking Vegeta in a hell dimension for eternity if he wanted to. He could also do it to heaven, but I don't think he's going to go that direction with Vegeta. He's going to sense all that anger. But the most impressive feat that Spawn ever did, because c- Spawn switched sides a lot. He started working for the, the, for the hell people. Then he worked for the heaven people as a divine Spawn. Then he decided, you're both kind of not that good uh, when you really break it down. I'm going to just work in the middle. So he had all the forces of heaven and all the forces of hell attacking him all at once. He was able to win that battle. <laughs> and then opened up his very own pocket dimension, and he took actual God and actual devil in the story. The two shoved them both in a pocket dimension to fight it out away from everybody else because the destruction of the planet he was on was too much. After he he shunted those two away and said, I'm done with both of you, God and the devil, he put them away, locked them in a closet somewhere, and then rebuilt the earth. Vegeta doesn't hang with somebody who can grab God and shove him in a, in, a, in a pocket dimension. I'm sorry, he just doesn't. At the end of the day, I don't know what nonsense James Gavsey's going to bring here, but everything that Vegeta is and everything that Vegeta's done leans very heavily into Spawn cleaning his clock. And that's my point number three.
2: Uh, some good moments of Spawn history you brought up, Race to Canis. Here's the deal. These godlike powers, these Omega-level power-ups. The difference between Spawn and Vegeta is that when Vegeta gets a power-up, the power-up stays. When Spawn gets the power-up, it doesn't stay for long. They're kind of one-offs. As impressive as they are, they don't stick around. Now that's not to take away his great power he already has, but these insane... God-level powers he's got, again, according to his history, he doesn't keep him for long. And currently, for years, he hasn't had those same abilities. That's all well and good stuff he's done but he can't actually do that in this fight, again, because he doesn't have those abilities anymore. A little bit of pushback uh, you know, on this whole thing. Vegeta's actually redeemed himself. He actually saved heaven and hell from uh, uh, a horrible character, and he did that by teaming up with Goku, but now he's kind of looked at very differently in heaven and hell, so the whole you know, soul being kind of tarnished with what he did, he's, again, redeemed himself, and now he has a new role. More on that, my point number James, three. James, those
0: people aren't any less dead. They're not any
2: less mad at him for killing them. According to the Dragon Ball universe, when you save heaven and hell, you're kind of at a different level and your slate is cleaned. It's one of those, I'm not saying I agree. I'm just saying it's kind of weird how Dragon Ball works. Uh, you know, let's see. Uh, I think that's and all I can karmically, really Karmically, not on. to
0: those people.
2: I know. It, it, it's sad. I'm not saying I agree with it. But again, we're talking Dragon Ball Z rules. His soul is cleansed. And I'll tell you why. So let's talk about my point number three. And we got to go into God mode. Now, unlike Spawn, when Vegeta goes into God mode, he stays in God mode. These abilities and powers stick with him because they're now part of who he is. Look, Street Fighter has it, Mortal Kombat has it, Dragon Ball not only has it, but pretty much started the whole idea of going insanely powerful. But in Vegeta's case, God mode isn't even close to being as powerful as he is right now. He has surpassed God mode. This is, again, blowing my mind as I say this. Vegeta is presently being groomed as a new god of destruction, which means he has a new role in the universe, and the whole anti hero trope thing is now gone. He is a force of nature within the universe. He's being groomed to assume that role. This is awesome. Well, uh, this all happened at the Universal of uh, Universal Tournament. Now, this is a really cool tournament. Tournaments are like the backbone of Dragon Ball Z and Dragon Ball and all that kind of good stuff. So at the end of this tournament, and it was like a universe versus another universe. And every universe got a number. So it was universe number seven. That was Vegeta's universe versus universe number 11. And Vegeta is fighting this insanely powerful character named Toppo or Top in the American audiences. And Toppo is now the god of destruction, which means on top of being insanely powerful, he creates the force of entropy. Which means he decides what exists and what no longer has the right to exist. He can erase things from space, time, uh, you know, anywhere from ever having existed, ever. Spiritually, emotionally, everything. So he's chasing around all the Dragon Ball Z fighters. He's taking on Vegeta. And finally, he powers up to his ultimate form shoots this massive ball of destruction entropy energy it's purple with black lines so cool and it engulfs vegeta and anything in this is touched even a little bit just gets destroyed so it engulfs vegeta Vegeta's is like i got this and what's he do he taps into how much he loves his wife his kids the whole thing what he's fighting for earth goes ultra ego which means they're super saiyan all super saiyan god level and ultra Ego is even above that goes beyond that powerful and his own internal energy that final blast destroys Entropy. How do you destroy entropy, the thing that destroys everything? It's the end of everything. Vegeta destroyed that. Now, because of that, once you've completely beaten the God of Destruction, you think you could coast for a little while, right? You know, you kind of hit a certain level. You're like Intercontinental Champion. Oh no, he's going for that championship. And this is a big note for Vegeta. He doesn't coast at all. So, since beating the God of Destruction... Vegeta, like I said, he's being groomed for that same position in his own universe, which is really crazy. So now on top of his godlike power, Vegeta can do some other cool things due to the training he's had with these other godlike beings. So he's got this instant transmission, which is the same thing Goku can do. He can teleport right beside you, behind you, the whole thing, or to a planet, galaxies far, far away. This kind of teleportation is a godlike transportation device That is insane. I'm guaranteeing it's better than any transport or teleportation that Spawn can do. He's got the power of of Hakai now, which means remember that destructive power of energy, the entropy? Yeah, Vegeta can do that now. He can erase you physically, spiritually, and erase you from time itself. So that never existed before. By the way, dealing with someone who can stop time, Vegeta's done that twice, figured out ways to fight against it. That's how smart Vegeta is. He's got spirit control, which allows Vegeta to use his key to increase all of his physical capabilities even further making all of his energy plastic listen this is someone who can already travel the speed of light and could do all these crazy super strong things and super durable he's now got that magnified even more and finally he's got this is the best part the force spirit fission where vegeta can now revive the dead heal himself instantly regenerate release trapped souls separate someone's powers and energy from themselves and then if he wants to he can absorb an opponent's energy and power in his own, regardless if the opponent is physically based or supernaturally based, magically based, doesn't matter. He can do it all. He can absorb someone's power, take it into his own. This is a, is on a whole different level. Look, this is how the battle's going to go. The two are going to face off. This battle is going to get heated and the power is going to go fast. And then all of a sudden, Spawn's going to kind of try to do some cool spiritual types of attacks on Vegeta. Because he thinks that's where he's, he's the weakest. That's where he can feel that like anti-hero trope, whatever. But then Vegeta's gone, Vegeta's gone full hero, god of destruction. Starts thinking about all of his his wife, his friends, his kids, his son, his daughter. And when he feels all that pain, that triggers another transformation. Which is what happens all the time in Dragon Ball. And Vegeta hits a new plateau of power, and it's just too much for anything Spawn can do because that's how he is now. He's got a new role in Dragon Ball. He is the god of destruction, no longer the sidekick, the anti-the trope, what have you. In the end, that's why Vegeta wins, that's why Spawn loses, and that's my point number three.
0: I mean, look, this is the actual reason why James Gabsey took the manga is because of a story that was written last year uh, in 2021, where Vegeta... Now, there are many gods of destruction. It's not like Kratos where there's just one, the god of war, for example, and then you have to kill him and you take his thing, because Vegeta was being trained by a god of destruction to kind of enhance his power, and because it is such a new storyline, a lot of the stuff that James is talking about is theoretical, and he hasn't actually shown himself to uh, amass all these levels on a consistent level for this character. This is a pure James Gabsy movie to say, hey, in a recent storyline that for all we know, a year from now is going to be wiped out as a dream. As far as we know. And he's going to pretend this is actually who Vegeta is. He is not. Vegeta is the character who loses to literally everybody on the planet. Vegeta has lost to weak characters. He's lost to androids. 13 broke his back. Android 18 broke his arm and he basically gave up. Cell, Goku, Zarbon, Raccoon, low-level characters clean the clock of Vegeta all the time. So when he powers up, the only thing you need to know about Vegeta is he's only powering up so a larger force can beat the living bejesus out of him and then become a much more powerful character as Vegeta goes right back into the gutter once again where he stays until we need to trot him out again. Hype up, you know, it's a, it's a, it's one of these uh, uh, animes, you know, Shonen's, where you got oh, let's trot him out there again. Now he's even more powerful. And then he gets walloped down again. And that's exactly what would happen against Spawn. Let's face it, in the Dragon Ball Z universe, gods are a lower tier than they are in the Spawn universe. You know who else can erase you from existence? God. God can do that in Spawn's world. And Spawn beat him, locked him in his own pocket dimension. And that's exactly what would happen here with Vegeta. If I'm sorry, but if you could fight the entire host of heavenly angels and demons at the same time and win, take God the devil, shove him in a pocket dimension and say, you're done, I don't understand for a reason that one singular God is going to be enough in this case. At the end of the day, Vegeta loses, Spawn wins. That's why Vegeta's always number two. Vegeta's done
2: everything I mentioned, plus there's going to be an anime version that's coming out soon, and secondly, I love these points. All right, Roger Craig Smith, you've heard three points from me. You've heard six or seven points from Ray. I pack them in there. (laughs) So now is the time for you to make a decision. Take us through your process, tell us a story, if you will, and reveal who you think wins this battle between Spawn and Vegeta.
3: All right. Uh excellent work on both your parts. Yet again, always very impressed by you guys. Uh I remember that as as my takeaway from the very first show when I was just like, "Holy cow, these guys are uh are excellent uh and it's and it's it's fun and it's competitive and it gets ugly and nasty and yet it's also a lot of really good facts and uh yeah. So, I'm just gonna like quickly go through my notes because there, there there was a definite up and down to this entire time. I loved the way you guys set up uh all of their their sort of abilities. Uh uh Ray did a great job of describing sort of uh Vegeta like you know, feeding into Spawn's cape power in the, in that that first point. Uh uh James, phenomenal use of uh mentioning that uh, Vegeta is faster than the speed of light. Because one of uh, one of Ray's first points was that, like, these chains and these things come out and they go faster than a bullet. And I'm like, yeah, that's nothing compared to speed of light, faster than speed of light, establishing the durability of Vegeta, all that kind of stuff. Which is also kind of like, you know, it's like durability is great, but it also means, like, to Ray's point, you're getting your butt kicked a lot. Like, you're taking a beating constantly. And then starting off on point two, you mentioned something about minus 100, uh, James, like, right off the bat. That was a nice dig. You, you came out swinging for Ray, and I thought, uh-oh, this is this is going to get ugly right off the bat. Um, I liked the the points about the no holy weapons. You're not going to win. Although I didn't, again, like I made the point, I'm like 30,000 feet. Why not just teleport to something different? Like why fall 30,000 feet before teleporting yourself into like a cloud or something? Uh, liked uh, Ray's uh, job of describing the mental toughness the final blast thing, I remember this is like after that that second one, I was like, Yeah, the final blast. I, I was kinda like, yeah, I didn't know where to go with that. I am questioning at like after the second points whether or not this willpower thing that you kept talking about, James, was more defiance or arrogance. A lot of the ways you're describing it seemed to me it was more like a hot-headed Vegeta, just kind of, you know, kind of getting himself, you know, out of certain things that had nothing to do with willpower. As much as it was being flippant towards the people that he was coming up against, I couldn't figure out if he was more stubborn than mentally tough. Whereas Spawn sounds very mentally tough. We then get into three. And this is where it was like, you guys, yeah, this, like, I, obviously it was this, this, you know, I'm trying to build up to this, but you guys did a great job of making this very difficult. Uh, The godlike power, the, I, I, Ray, unfortunately you brought up like, you know, speed of light, but the problem that I had like uh, with the speed of light argument with the, the godlike powers is that Vegeta is faster than the speed of light. And I thought, oh, oh, Ray, not good. The part that does work really well is that again using the souls of those the uh th- those that the enemy did wrong to to pull out. I think you said six six thousand or sixty thousand souls. Was it six thousand, sixty thousand, something like that?
0: Well, six thousand souls inside of him for this uh, one version. Otherwise, it's literally every soul that there you Vegeta, go uh, has wronged.
3: So I just you know like like and the the shoving of God and the and 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 the devil into a you know pocket dimension all that. This God mode then, then James, with the, the universes versus the universes and, and entropy and, and battling all of that. You did a really great job, James, when you, at the end of your argument in three, you laid it out for me and you said, this is how the battle's going to go. And that was what basically had me kind of going, okay, yeah, now finally someone's making it very clear. Because as the judge, you start, you get overwhelmed. You hear like a ton of points. You start hearing all of these things that are, that are, you know, that are coming at you and you're trying to think, is that, w- which way is it going? And James, you did a phenomenal job at the end of that, that third argument uh, for saying, this is how it's going to go. Uh, so yeah, that said, it came down to two things, guys. Well, I guess I don't know, I know the, the the actual number, but it came down to, well, really one thing, but two things that you kept mentioning, James, throughout, and it's uh, the wife and kids. So you kept bringing up wife and kids, and with Spawn, there are, we have no wife and kids that was mentioned. I, I didn't hear too much about it. There was never any sort well, of like- Well, she's
0: dead and remarried somebody else.
3: There you go. So <laughs> You
0: know, I mean, like, he really didn't have a lot he could do
3: there. Like it happens. But the wife and kids. Yeah. And, and so that was what was kind of tugging at me throughout this entire thing. And James, you did a phenomenal job of mentioning the wife and kids throughout. The one problem I have with that, James, is that we all know, we've all been like teenagers. And at some point... And we've all been on the receiving end of like you know a, a wife, a girlfriend, a a spouse, a loved someone that we are with, you know, being unhappy with us. And when those kids hit puberty, and for no reason other than the fact that is their their dad's name is Vegeta, they just start doing what teenagers do, which is to hate their parents and to want to be defiant against that and to view their parents as the enemy inside the house considering that spawn and will take the energy of the people that he's that he's working against and the people that they've wronged in vegeta's own household his own children his own wife they would have hatred towards him and in the end the love of his wife and kids would be his undoing because spawn would simply use that against him and this victory has to go to spawn. It goes to spawn. Whoa. There's just, yeah. It just, oh, Roger I'm sorry. Craig Smith. Roger Craig sorry. Smith. Sorry. Wow. I didn't, I thought the wife and kids thing, and then I thought, but teenagers are jerks, and they're going to do
2: something. I got to tell you, this,
3: Vegeta's teenage son, Trunks, is yeah? part of the
2: team.
0: He saved his dad. He, like, wants think, his dad to win. You
2: think, he fights you for his think dad. it works but do they way. always
0: get along, James Gavsey? <laughs> no. And he's been wronged by Vegeta before several times. I love that point. I love oh, that point. I'm just I just Smith. won James. the most important redemption battle, and oh, who would win? Show
2: Roger history. Roger Craig Smith. Roger James. Craig Smith. I got to tell you, I love your story. By the way, that was awesome. <laughs> that was awesome. James, I, I got a shower
0: say. after that. I really spent the you last two, two minutes before, thinking before I was the show. let ripped let's, let's away just from call me. it.
2: Let's call it as it is. You just showered before mean, look. the show.
0: James. No, I typically need a shower on a moment-to-moment basis, sure. But right now, I am sweating bullets, and I don't know what to do because I was prepping how angry I was about to be, and now I have this weird feeling inside of me, and I don't... I can't explain it. I can't codify it. It's... It's call, it's joy? I don't know what this is, and I you don't know, like it.
2: I gotta tell you that, you know, I love Vegeta, right, as a character. Spawn's fantastic, too. But Roger Craig Smith, and Ray, did a great job with it. If you had to attack Vegeta, going after him physically... Going after him, you know, with an energy-based whatever, spiritually or it's just not going to work at this point. You're right. The one vulnerability he has is this emotional attachment to his family, which is where you were going with this, right? And that is something who can Spawn could definitely tap into. I really think that would be the only way Spawn could get the victory, but it's definitely a path to victory. So I think Roger, not you Ray, but Roger Craig Smith, I think you did a great job in repping Spawn <laughs> in this battle and showing uh, how he could get the win. Ray Stekanis was also here, but Roger Craig Smith, how more importantly, you? you did a great job. You? And the story His at conclusions... the end, by the way, was
3: fantastic. Okay. Oh, well, it just, it just, se- it just, it's it, like, it, I, I, at one point I found myself kind of going, oh, this isn't good. Cause this feels irresponsible that this guy Vegeta going out there with a wife and kids and exposing himself to all this violence and all of these, like, like these situations where I mean, he's got responsibilities at home, whereas it, it, it's he, not about he's not about the responsibilities at home. Really? Uh, he, he became responsible later.
2: <laughs> he's
0: an absentee father. You he's, can He's, not the, he's, he's, not, not, the he's yeah. not the best dad. He's not a best father. He's not the best dad. Bit of a he's, deadbeat. He's, yeah. I'll yeah.
3: That. No. And then it, for me, it was really just in the end. I went, oh, that's just I, I thought it was going to be that emotional attachment. And I was like, well, there you go. He's noble. He's, what? you know, he's fighting for all the right reason. And then I just thought, but it's going to be his undoing because all it's going to take is the what, like, yeah, so what if you just told me now that his own kid, you know, is part of the team and that's, that's great until Vegeta smells a little bit of booze on his breath after he comes <laughs> home 10 minutes past, past curfew and goes, that's it, young man, you're going to your room and you're going to, you know, you're grounded for the weekend. Then what happens to that team member as like all kids would do, anger. And, you know, and and he's viewing Dad as his enemy, and then Spawn just takes advantage of that, turns the entire family against him. Vegeta, you know. (laughs) Well, this
2: was another fun fight. Roger, I got to tell you, the, the whole production team gets so excited when it's announced that you're coming onto the show, please come back. Uh, whenever you have a project, please tell us, because we'd love to broadcast to our Legion of Audience and all of our thousands sure. of fans and kind of whatever. We just, we just love everything that you do and just get more continued success. With that being said, where can people find you online?
3: People can, you know so I have a very, very, like right now I have a very serious love-hate relationship with all social media in general. I am on Twitter and Instagram. It's at Roger Craig Smith. I do have a website, RogerCraigsmith.com, that I run myself that I don't do anything with. Um, That said, I'm Ah. thinking about someday getting off of social media, but continuing to do certain forms of content posting just on my website uh, without comments and without the need for likes and feedbacks and all that stuff, and people can take it and do with it what they want, but, uh, I will definitely, uh, I, I, like I said, we've got Sonic Frontiers, which has been a highly anticipated video Super game that's coming excited. out, uh, hopefully the end of this year, uh, fingers, on, fingers across that it does well, uh, and we've got more Apex Legends coming, and I've got a lot of other fun things that are on the way that I just can't mention, Man. but yeah, follow me on, on social media for now. Uh, and you'll, you'll see stuff like that, but, uh, but uh, hopefully what I'll do is I'll find a way to just utilize rogercraigsmith.com to start being where I post my musings and dad jokes and, and, uh, shameless self-promotion of things that I'm in, you know, involved with.
2: So what you're saying is our fan base the Legion of Audience should go to rogercraigsmith.com to really, you know, follow you, get the essence of what you're posting and, and enjoy all the great
3: stuff you do. Maybe, but right now it's it's really just a badly run uh, website. Uh, oh, so that, don't that, go there. No, I'd go, I'd stick with Twitter and Instagram for now. <laughs> but just know that uh, that it's that I, that I'm gonna kill them at some point. <laughs> so you're gonna I'm kill thinking, all of Twitter and Instagram. No, not all of Twitter. No, oh. that's uh, no, that's something that that uh, that Vegeta would do. Yes, really, when true. you think about it, you know, yeah. yeah, or Vegeta's kid once once daddy makes him angry. Yeah, that's fair. That's a fair statement.
2: All right. That's very cool. Race Decatur, congratulations (laughs) another win that really belongs to Roger Craig Smith. Again, you were here. Thanks for coming. Please (laughs) tell the Legion of Audience and everyone else listening where they can find you online.
0: Look at how salty James Gavsey is right now. He wanted that Vegeta battle. That Vegeta wins so much that he tried to pull his ultimate James Gavsey tactic of whatever the last page of the last issue of the thing I've read in a Shonen comic where literally the power scale just exponentially goes up from the start till the end of time until all these people are universes unto themselves and it gets ridiculous and even then... It still wasn't enough because Trunks took Vegeta by the hand and walked him into a pocket dimension portal so Spawn could get the victory today and recreate the earth after it was gone. Look, everyone, this might be the biggest hashtag victory Friday we will have ever, ever seen in who would win show history. I will say right now, when I was working at Respawn, Uh, entertainment on a little game called apex legends we all got word in the office roger craig smith was shooting a thing it was for the game awards i believe uh playing mirage in one of the greatest things i've ever seen in life go (laughs) youtube it it's awesome it was live mirage uh at the game i can't even express how fun it was well he showed up after prepping for that with like donuts and coffee and snack foods. And he brought them all into our kitchen area and sat for hours hanging out with everybody. And I got to go and say hi at that time. And you know how much I love snacks and donuts and baked goods and basically eating in general. And I would say that that, that moment was the second greatest thing that Roger Craig Smith has ever given to me because this victory takes first place all time. Detroit, I'm back baby, unban me Detroit, I got spawned the victory. It's time to let me back in the city, hashtag let Ray back into Detroit. You can find me on Twitter, at AlmightyRay. I wanna read a quick review. Love this show, Sir David Gabriel Joseph, five stars. I love the show and I always want me to win. Well, you're not part of the show, Sir David Gabriel Joseph, so I don't know how that works he says to uh, further go on, but the April Fool's special with the bagpipes I hated, laughing, cry, laughing, cry. Well, those bagpipes episodes don't like you either, Sir David Gabriel Joseph. It's not about you. I'm glad you want to win the episodes, but either me or James wins, except for very, very rare other episodes. My point is, thank you for giving us a five-star review. Go to Apple Podcasts and do it yourself. We deserve it. Good night, everybody.
2: You know, speaking of snacks, I think we've got to cut back on the sugary snacks before. Maybe you know, we should get uh, some snacks with uh, some necroplasm. I just had to say that one more time for this episode. All right, listen. You can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook by typing in at James Gadsby. Feel free to check out my... Question of the day, which I actually post on a weekly basis, if that makes sense. Uh, we'll ask the geek culture questions that everyone wants to know and uh, cause some controversy, some arguments. We'll make some friends. We'll make some enemies, but we'll have fun, hopefully, as we do it. Remember to join the official Who Would Win Facebook group to make a suggestion for a matchup for the show and be part of our growing community. You can also find us on Instagram and TikTok at Who Would Win Show. Don't forget to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever else you go for your podcasts. On behalf of myself, Ray Cekanis, and the rest of the amazing Who Would Win production team, thank you once again for checking out another episode of Who Would Win. We'll see you next time. Hey gang, I hope you enjoyed this episode and love listening to the show as much as we enjoyed making it. Quick reminder that you can support us by going to patreon.com/hoodwindshow right now. Okay, got to prepare for next week's episode. Hope the rest of your day is full of wins.
3: Sup everyone? Brian here, host of the TV and Movie Trivia podcast. It's a trivia-style podcast focusing on TV and movies. Listen in for questions like, what's the name of Michael Scott's screenplay? What do you say to view the Marauder's map? What are Tony Stark's last words to Thanos in Avengers Endgame? And where does Ron Burgundy say he is when he calls the news station sobbing from a phone booth? I've covered The Office, Harry Potter, Marvel, Will Ferrell movies, Lord of the Rings, and more, with even more on the way. So play along to the TV and Movie Trivia podcast anywhere you get podcasts, and stay tuned for more trivia!